Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. As Obi-Wan Kenobi once said, hello there, and welcome to Force Center Presents Databank Dive. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck, and this is the show where we take something from Star Wars. You know, something, stuff, things we love. And we dive into the StarWars.com uh, databank. We talk about it, celebrate it, maybe create some wonderful headcanon theories around uh, the character, the planet, or the ship that we're talking about. We did a season of this on the great sci-fi app called The Companion. You can check it out and get our first season and a whole lot of other cool things over there, essays and more podcasts if you want. So check out The Companion. But now this is our storefront version, the public facing <laughs> uh, version of Databank Dive. Uh, Joseph, uh, you have the helm today and this is going to be a good one. 
Yeah, just out in the window in front of everybody. Look at us. Look at us. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm singing How Much Is That Doggy in the Window. That's all. <laughs> uh, well, you might have a different uh, song uh, that is uh, appropriate uh, for this uh, particular episode of Databank Dive, where we discuss lots of things. The nouns of Star Wars. We'll see if we can discuss a verb. But mostly it's nouns, uh, characters, places, things. And the Star Wars noun that we're going to be enjoying today is a character who will soon be returning to our screens, we believe. And that is Gungi. The yeah. Jedi Wookiee, the Jedi Padawan. I am saying Gungi, but I realize we have to embrace the controversy right away. This is a character who in their uh, first appearance in the Clone Wars, uh, his name is said multiple different ways. So I say mm. Gungi. Ken, what do you say? I say Gungi, and I have to be a little more open to other interpretations of it, including Gungi. Uh, we talked about this recently in a Force Cast, a Force, uh, Force Center podcast, uh, where I'd run into someone who named their dog Gungi. And I was like, well, you've made a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> that's not exactly correct. I <laughs> think Gungi is out there as well, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of dogs with different with the same name and their owners. <laughs> <laughs> pronouncing it differently. Imagine if you ran into like three of those dogs uh, on an LA street at once and the confusion mm-hmm. of uh, Gungi, Gunji, Gunji. Oh. <laughs> well, at that point, if you've named your dog Gunji and Gungi and Gungi, you can't switch it. The dog's like, I don't care what the canon name is. I just care about that name. <laughs> I love interpreting a dog barking going like, uh, which pronunciation is canon? Just come on. <laughs> just Decide, humans. Uh, do you hope uh, that this great controversy might be resolved or have some clarity? We know that uh, Gungi, mm-hmm. as I'm going to continue to call him, uh, is going to appear in Bad Batch Season 2. We don't know exactly when in the season yet, uh, but he is returning. Do you hope that there will be clarity on his name? Yes, and that's uh, it's the first line he should say. Hi, I'm Ganangai. <laughs> like, oh, no, wrong. Hi, I'm Ganangai, the Wookiee who speaks basic. How are you today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be pretty shocking. Uh, we want to make this very clear. We are recording this, celebrating this wonderful character in anticipation of his upcoming appearance. Half of our questions, half of our thoughts might be blown out of the water by his next appearance. We're going to all find out together. Uh, we always like to start with the basic info. Or these episodes are called Databank Dive because we start with the literal databank found on StarWars.com. Here's what the StarWars.com databank has to say about Gungi. Once a rare example of a Wookiee in the Jedi Order, Gungi is also among the few to survive Order 66. As a youngling, Gungi was temperamental and expressive. During the time of the Clone Wars, he needed to learn to slow down his impulsive ways in order to pass the ancient rite of passage ritual known as the Gathering. Now that the Empire has taken hold, Gungi must stay hidden or risk being hunted by the Emperor and his minions. Mm. This is a rare example of, I think, of a database entry being updated for his uh, upcoming uh, appearance, which is absolutely great. Uh, Ken, why do you think it says once a rare example of a Wookiee in the Jedi Order? Is this just acknowledging uh, that we have all learned about uh, Buryaga, the Wookiee, from the High Republic era? I actually think it's right. I think it's almost a meta comment on the situation, right? Where he used to say that he might have been the example, uh, even though we probably could have thought that there was others. In in fact, uh, uh, we'll we'll read a quote that makes me think that, though rare, they've been there before. But yes, I think it acknowledges Buryaga, who is a big fan base uh, in in the High Republic world. 
And I love this entry. This is almost where I have to say, starwars.com, spoilers, babe. Spoilers. <laughs> what you doing to me? Yeah. Yep. A pretty accurate uh, depiction of some of his key uh, emotional moments in the gathering arc that introduced him in the Clone Wars. And then, yeah, man, I guess we know a little bit about uh, where Gungi is starting out in the Bad Batch, that he is staying hidden like many Jedi. But will he come out of hiding? I kind of yeah. think so. Uh, we have more from Wikipedia, uh, which is his quote uh, that Ken is referencing. Uh, the great uh, character, uh, the ancient robot that helps younglings construct their lightsabers after they've found their kaibo crystals, uh, voiced by David Tennant. Professor Yang uh, says to Gungi, Oh, Wookiee, rare you are to the Jedi, proud your people must be. Uh, so yeah, th- this is an ancient robot, right? So like how, how many, how many Wookiees do you think, uh, Professor Kang's seen? Are we talking like 17, four, w- what are you going? Yeah, I, I, I was going to put it in the, in the realm of 25 and under just okay. because Professor Wang's been around for a very long time. Sold. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So for him to say rare, uh, it definitely means small amount. And I'm prepared to go as small as 15, but I'll take the 25 and go, I'll take the under. There we go. The official Ken Knapsack headcanon up to 25 Wookiees, which means if we know Gungi and Briaga in, in modern canon, we have up to 23 <laughs> Wookiee Jedi. I mean, the possibilities, the possibilities. Uh, here's what Wikipedia says for the kind of their basic entry about Gungi. Gungi was a male Wookiee Jedi Padawan who trained to become a Jedi in the Jedi Order during the Clone Wars. During the war, Gungi and a group of five other younglings, Petro, Katuni, Biff, Ganodi, and Zat, were deemed to be at the top of their class and led by Ahsoka Tano and Jedi Grandmaster Yoda, they traveled to Ilum to participate in the gathering in ancient Jedi ritual that pr- proved a youngling's readiness to become a Padawan. Gungi constructed a green bladed lightsaber of his own with a wooden hilt made from brylark wood that he chose from amongst the crucible's stored materials. Crucible being the ship that uh, Professor Yang hangs out on as he helps Jedi build their lightsabers. Not only was that just kind of a good review of uh, his role in the gathering arc, but also it listed the names of all those younglings that I struggled to remember. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was, I was, I love, uh, I love that arc. We, we talked about a lot, but I love uh Katuni's my favorite with Olivia Hatch voicing the I'm Katuni kind of kid's <laughs> voice. It's, it's my favorite. I love it. Total Saturday morning cartoon <laughs> kid voice. With, uh, I'm suffering from a cold, but uh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely love it. Uh, and, and Petro, the, the hot shot who thinks it's all about him. Love. I love to be frustrated with Petro on every, every viewing. Uh, but the Brylark wood, that's a great reminder of, uh, of Gungi's awesome, uh, lightsaber, uh, with the wood hilt, making it one of the, uh, more rare and interesting, uh, lightsaber hilt designs, in my opinion. So we got the big picture of who Gungi is. Now we're going to discuss, we're going to riff a little bit, uh, to start, Ken. How did you first feel uh, when you saw in in canon uh, a Wookiee Jedi in the Clone Wars? When you saw Gungi, was this a dream come true or was this a shock to Star Wars canon? Did it disrupt the order in your mind? Neither would, would apply in somewhere in the warm, soft middles where I existed with this, where I do recall having a reaction to it, but it was like a, huh, okay, didn't think about that. Uh, which says a lot about me, but also says a lot about the galaxy's view of Wookiees. And I think it's a big lesson in, in, in Gungi. We'll, we'll talk about more here today. But yeah, so it was, it was 
uh, nice in the middle, which is a good spot to be because there was no no angry car driving around and uh, at the time would have been my old uh, infinity. Uh, and, and no, um, you know, I hadn't been holding on for so long that my heart was broken year after year after year when there's no new uh, in-canon Wookiee Jedi. And it was just, <laughs> I was open to it. But I, I, but I did have a reaction of like, never thought of that. Never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes a ton of sense. And uh, yeah, I realize uh, with uh, all of the amount of uh, books and comics, I'm sure there's been some other uh, Wookiee Jedi stories. But for me, uh, Gungi was when the dream finally became a reality. Uh, I, I had been so enjoying watching Clone Wars, just power watching it uh, on Netflix back in 2014. And it seemed like around this uh, period, every arc became more amazing than the last one. I love this arc. And I was like, finally a Wookiee Jedi on my screen. Cause this is one of those like slight age difference things uh, between us, Ken, mm. you know, Empire Strikes Back comes out. Uh, my brother's three years older. Uh, so he drove a lot of this conversation. Uh, it would have been absolute viral sensation. Now that question of the conversation between Yoda and Obi-Wan and Empire Strikes Back of uh, he's our last hope. No, there is another, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now that would be 8,000 podcast episodes and you know, YouTube shorts and all that. Uh, for me back then, it was just my brother every, every once in a while going, who's the other? <laughs> and we would run down the list. And I remember being like, you know, it's, it's an outside of the box choice, but it could be Chewbacca. <laughs> and people would be like, no, Chewie can't be a Jedi. Well, like, why not? And then I think it was just some harsh judgment on Wookiees that Chewie couldn't be. So I'd been waiting for it, uh, for, for years, years, uh, yeah. And I admit, you know, I don't, I don't need Wookiees to be violent. That's not their the total sum definition of who they are. But I remember being entertained by the idea that they could, uh, that Gungi could rip an arm out of their sockets with the Force. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's a great Force power when you're done a video game. <laughs> uh, so painful, so awful. How would you physically describe Gungi? So this is hilarious. Uh, to help me with that, I went to the Wikipedia page. I recommend all of you stop the podcast and do that right now. Because when you try to describe Gungi, the first picture that pops up looks like an elementary school photo. <laughs> it's from like, basically neck up, upper chest up. He's got that big Gungi smile, all teeth, smiling. And he almost you can almost see that he has he's chosen the laser package for his elementary school photos behind him. <laughs> it's fascinating. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's like... Yeah. Turn, head up, nose up. Yeah. The only thing it's missing is like a hair comically out of place because he looks like, yes, this is a second grade class photo. <laughs> second grade class photo, indeed. So, you know, a classical Wookiee, he's got uh, his coloring uh, fur, not unlike Chewbacca's, because you could have gone a different direction with that. You know, uh, look at Kersen. Uh He's got different coloring. So, but he looks like a younger version of Chewbacca. But the, the, the other photo, and this is, I think, from the one from uh, uh, Bad Batch from the trailer. Uh, so he's growing a little bit, but I'd still describe him as slightly shorter and maybe a little more stockier than the Chewie that we've all come to know and love, uh, which does speak to uh, Wookiee, you know, not one template there uh, in Wookieeville and Kashyyyk. Uh, a lot of different shape, shapes and sizes as well. And and so I've always liked that about, about Gungi. I'm a little bit more of a cart puller myself, and I think Gungi falls into that. Uh, a little more broad shoulders, uh, a little more squat, but he's still a Wookiee. And and he's, but even in this photo where he's got the lightsaber out, this is again mm -hmm. from the Bad Batch trailer, there's still a warmth in his face. There is. There is. It, oh, yeah. I really hadn't done the deep compare contrast 
between the images of him from the Clone Wars and the images in upcoming Bad Batch. And it's pretty amazing. Uh, I think your yeah. physical description is uh, is spot on. Uh, he is uh, Chewbacca reminiscent. I kind of uh, think of him as a uh, lumpy with a lightsaber because <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it is that that youthful uh, Wookiee still figuring out the world. Whereas, you know, Chewbacca has been around. He's been around the galaxy a few hundred times at uh, 200 uh, or so. Um, but I, I, if I was just trying to capture the essence of Gungi, I was going to say he's a living smile because <laughs> that's great. Chewie's so warm, right? You know, you, you love Chewbacca in all his appearances, but in the original trilogy in particular, but like, uh, and, and you hear him laughing and those amazing eyes, but I, functionally, I don't think he was just like full on smiling. <laughs> yeah. And Gungi yeah. in the Clone Wars is just like, yeah, he's got some, some ups and downs, but he's just smiling all the time. He's such a happy little Wookiee. Uh, so I was already describing it as just a living smile. Then I'm looking at these pictures from Bad Batch. Uh, not only uh, does he have a different look on his face, he's got more armor. He's got a big chunk of armor on his shoulder. He, he's looking looking like he's uh, been through a lot in a short time. That's a Wookiee warrior. Yes, indeed. <laughs> a living smile. That was great. That's a that's a T-shirt for him. <laughs> Excellent. So we know uh, the basics of Gungi. We know what he looks like. I like trying to get uh, to the the heart of Gungi. For you, what is ultimately the magic of him? Why uh, why were so many fans uh, falling in love with him for the Clone Wars, and why are so many fans so excited to see this character return in Bad Batch season two? Overall, I'll say that there's just this uh, magic expanding the the, the the possibilities in Star Wars, and and there's this great lesson to have in, in Gungi. Uh, you and I had uh, though you had some some dreams come true with this character, but even your conversation about hey maybe it could be Chewbacca, me going oh I never thought about that. Even George, there's that some of the stuff of George Lucas kind of saying no Wookies as Jedi's. Ah, I've come back to that. No, let's let's try this. <laughs> I forget the exact quotes or beats of those uh, stories, but they're there. But I think some of the magic with Gungi is, is yeah, you have you have Chewbacca. Uh, we admitted, admittedly didn't have a much too much knowledge about the, the Wookiee culture growing up. A holiday special notwithstanding. It wasn't until a little bit later in Expanded Universe stuff. But you got Chewbacca who is um, absolutely a, a whiz pilot. He's fixing the Falcon. He's, he's doing everything everyone else can. But you have this tendency to you don't understand his culture. You don't understand him. So there's a language barrier. And there is a tendency sometimes with us humans, unfortunately, to less than them. Mm-hmm. And I think that is what's going on here. And so I no malicious intent on my part. But you see Gungan go, wow, I would never thought someone is primitive. as the Well, hold on. The Wookiees aren't primitive. That's that's a bias uh, sliding in there. So mm-hmm. Gungi represents, uh, yeah, uh, everyone matters. Everyone has a possibility. The Force doesn't care about the silly boundaries you're putting up, or the Force doesn't care about the boundaries you even put it up around Chewbacca. Uh, there's a, a quality here, and, and therefore more possibilities. And I really do think Gungi later on represents that for a lot of folks. It represents a, a lesson for me. Again, no malicious intent on my part, but just simply put Wookiees into a category. Mm-hmm. They fly wooden ships. That's all I know. (laughs) I couldn't fly them, but they can. But therefore, I'm 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 better than them because I don't understand them. I don't. I can't speak their language. I don't understand their culture. So therefore, less than. I think it's important. I think Gungi, and that's part of the reason. Plus, he's just so darn cute. Come on, he's a living smile, like you just said. So to know that he has survived, that uh, that that we're going to find out why. But I think that that does matter. That uh, one of the only examples of a Wookiee Jedi was not simply killed off screen. We're not even going back to get that story of his demise. He's still alive. 
And that means a lot. We'll see what happens. Have to be open to it. Uh, mm-hmm. we, story goes on where there's uh, less and less Jedi around or less and less Jedi uh, calling themselves Jedi. We get that. But this is still exciting times right after the fall. And it represents uh, the more, uh, more possibilities uh, expanded in Star Wars. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you said a lot of great things. I think it's it's easy to look at uh, characters and even just kind of uh, you meet one specific character like Chewbacca. And Chewbacca is, uh, for all of his amazing uh, traits and moments in the original trilogy, he's the sidekick, right? He's he's uh, George Lucas with his beloved dog. And this is Han flying around his you know spaceship, which is you know basically a cool modded out car with his, his big dog who's smart enough to fix the ship. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, Wookiees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of they're on the sideline. They're cool. Right. But, you know, they, they mostly just watch uh, Diane Carroll videos and live in trees like that's <laughs> yes. that's what they do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you said it so well of uh, Star Wars story that, uh, you know, everybody matters. Every culture matters. The, the force uh, doesn't believe in our silly boundaries. Extremely well said. I think there is that just celebration because he is a Wookiee. And Wookiees mm-hmm. can be Jedi too. It's so great. Um, but then I think it, it goes a lot to me. The magic of him is the way he's presented is uh, he, in that Clone Wars arc. I think because we don't necessarily understand everything he growls uh, in, in his own Shirok language, uh, he's a character who's kind of stripped down to core emotions, right? We see him uh, be really happy, really excited and joyful to be there. Uh, then really impatient, uh, then uh, really scared when things go down, then really brave in a, in a great acrobat when they pretend to join that circus, right? Uh, mm. He's stripped <laughs> down to these core emotions. And I think that's sometimes extremely relatable and extremely likable because it just, it takes a weird fantasy character, a Jedi Wookiee and makes him incredibly relatable, right? Of, we know what it's like to feel impatient. We know what it's like to feel scared and, and to feel joyful. Yeah. And it seems like joyful is his natural state. And then we're watching him be pulled away from that. And we just want to get him back. To, keep smiling, yeah. Gungi. Keep smiling. Keep smiling. Yeah, no, I love, love it. One of the other things, I think some of the stuff that we're uh, talking about, uh, just our real world perspective on Wookiees or even other people in our own world, the lesson to take from, I do think it, it, that that holds true in Star Wars. I think even Pro- Professor Wang's kind of uh, addressing that in a weird way of of maybe the galaxy has not given the Wookiees the chance. And here's Gungi representing all of that. Yeah, uh, that, there's a you know it's a heavy burden to carry for Gungi, and he wants to do it with a smile. Yeah, and he does, and he does. And then I think the the magic of him coming back is you know clone wars show is always haunted with it's so great to spend time with all these jedi who are probably gonna die mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to watch that gathering arc with those children and think oh man i feel like uh, star wars fans who like gungi and are uh aware of him have mm-hmm. lived for years now with the i don't think i even want to know what happened to gungi right yeah yeah <laughs> so to finally know that he survived Order 66. That's thrilling. I don't know what his fate holds. I have high hopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also just like, and then it's that one clip of him where he growls and he ignites his his blade, right? Yeah. yeah. There's that, that righteous feeling from Gungi as well of the Empire's bad. They're doing bad things. This poor Wookiee who used to smile about everything has been forced to endure hell. And man, maybe some of that Wookiee oomph is going to be brought to bear on the Empire. Like, oh, no. Oh, you messed up. You oh, pissed God. off Gungi. <laughs> Wookie oomph. Oh, 
Built Wookie tough. Wookie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we are very excited. We're just starting to talk about Gungi. Talked about some big picture stuff. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk even more Gungi in a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And we are back to continue diving into Gungi. Uh, we talked about some big picture stuff, so we're just going to have some Gungi fun as we investigate deeper into this great Wookiee Jedi. Uh, so, Ken, it's right there in his story. It's in his databank entry that 
Gungi struggles with patience issues. Is is that why it's rare for Wookiees to be Jedi? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to judge across the uh, across all Wookiees uh, by any means. But but Chewie uh, can have a temper, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Is that a part of Wookiee culture that there's an energy where Wookiees like they get up and they go and they do things and they you know uh, they're open with their emotions? And uh, is that a challenge for Wookiees becoming uh, Jedi because they're asked to slow down? They're asked to not, uh, you know, have a temper. Wonderful question. With an, an insightful look at what, what could be really going on in the Star Wars galaxy. I, I love this idea. Uh, and that, um, I, look, I, I am both a pretty patient person and then tremendously impatient who has a tendency to rage. Like it's a long fuse, <laughs> big explosion problem. And I think if you were to put me into, like, I can't meditate for bleep. I can't. Like two seconds in, I'm like, nope, not for me. Can't do it. Like, I, So I, I, I imagine... Uh, there's some hard wiring going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wookies, uh, yeah, I'm with you too. You don't want to generalize the Wookies. That's one of the big points you and I have been talking about here today. But there's some hard wiring maybe at play, and and maybe that's uh, they have to work beyond that, uh, not rise above it, but grow with it. And and how can they use that to their advantage? As and, and the Jedi are asking, that's some hard stuff to ask. Uh, sit there, be patient. Uh, when not to fight is more important than when to fight. And I'm not saying Wookies can't uh, figure out the difference. Clearly, they can. I just I think that's a great way to look at it. And that could lead to some of it as well. That even if a Wookiee has the force, maybe they aren't allowed to develop it. Maybe they don't, they, 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 they approach it in a different way. And maybe it's just a wall they keep running up against. I'm trying to be patient, but I'm really angry about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I so agree with you. It's like, uh, I, I often, uh, in specific situations where I'm prepared ahead of time to say, okay, this is going to require patience. This is a challenge. Okay. I'll be patient. Uh, I can usually be patient. And then sometimes <laughs> uh, the patience goes out the window and that's the times like, wow, it, it'd be hard to be a Jedi. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. So if you were, you know, really raised in a culture where forward movement, let's go, come on, let's get things done. Yep. Let's climb that tree. Let's <laughs> take yeah. care of business. Right. Uh, if that was a part of your culture, man, it would be hard to be like, and now let's send our infant off to this slow, slow, <laughs> thoughtful temple. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and I love that scene of Gungi where it's like, I did, I, I want to do right. I did what I'm supposed to. I found my kyber crystal. Now I, just, I have to wait for the ice to freeze over. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Mm. It's extremely relatable. Uh, so I'm thinking a lot about if it's rare for Wookiees to be in, uh, to be Jedi, to be in the Jedi temple. And it is a big part of their culture to live with trees, to be uh, interacting with nature. Do you think baby Gungi was allowed to climb the sacred Uneti tree in the Jedi Temple Courtyard? I think the answer is yes, but it wasn't always the case within the Jedi Order. I think this speaks to uh, Jedi that have come before. Maybe there's something we'll learn from Buryaga. Uh, actually, probably be before that, where you know there was probably some. Hey, that's the sacred Uneti tree. We can't have a little uh, Wookie climbing up there. And then they realize, well, this is truly a part of him. It's a part of his expression, part of comfort. Now we get to issues of attachment and all that kind of wonderful stuff. The hard question <laughs> that I have to answer. But I think, I think they're, you know, he's not doing it right now. But I think early on, it's possible that they allowed him to do it because they wanted him to, uh, you know, feel a little bit connected to nature more than just his culture, but to nature. Yeah, no, I can I can see uh, uh, baby Gungi just 
running away from the group or uh, going for the tree and Mace Windu being like, no. <laughs> right, right. And then Yoda or Tara Snoobie being like, well, no, but that, that everybody's different and that's what he needs. The tree has survived for this long. He's he's not attacking it. He's communing with it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a whole children's story about Gungi and the Uneti tree. Uh, but there could be, that, that temple's so big, I wonder if there is a room full of trees for the various uh, uh, species who interact with trees more often. Yeah, that's it. It's the now you open up some world of possibilities. Uh, there's many levels in that Jedi Temple. Yeah, the the living Jedi jungle gym. That's what I want to be in the Jedi Temple. There, <laughs> uh, you brought up uh, attachment. Uh, clearly, attachment to family. That's a big part of uh, Wookiee tradition. Uh, we've seen as well as forming these life debts, like Chewie has with Han. As a Jedi, do you think Gungi would be allowed to form a life debt? This is, this is a million dollar question. This is a great question. Uh, you, you know, my answer, my thought is no. That is no initially, but, and maybe the Jedi order that we um, are introduced to in the prequels would just be like, no, no, that's absolutely not. But maybe along the way, there's again, some analysis going on of, of what that truly means. Um, is it, it's, we, we, you could, you could, uh, you know, view it as some for debt attachment, that kind of negative connotation. Um, but, Really, it's a celebration of of honor, uh, 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 relationships, community. There's a lot of positive things to take from it. Uh, and that I think they would be curious to explore. The Jedi Order would be like, all right, the, the, Gungi's just come to us with this information. <laughs> he has the life debt. What does that mean for us? Yeah. What does it mean for the Jedi? Yeah. And what is the, the why of the debt? Yeah. I think this is this goes to some of the deep issues that Anakin Skywalker is wrestling with in Attack of the Clones, right? There's a mm-hmm. the scene on the the refugee ship uh, where you know Padme is saying it must be hard, you know, to not be able to love, and and Anakin's like, well, you know, we're supposed to care about the entire galaxy, so in a way, you could say we're uh, trained to love, uh, mm-hmm. and it comes off as Anakin trying to be like. If I turn the rule this way, I can totally be with you, Padme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but. Uh, I also think there is like a depth of philosophy to it because that the the Jedi idea isn't um, to be detached from everyone and not care about people. The whole point is to care about people. So mm-hmm. I can see a very deep philosophical conversation of like, Gungi, you have, as a Jedi, you have the biggest life debt there is. You have a life debt to the entire galaxy. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. promising yourself to help somebody else. And like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, if Gungi and, and Chewie ever overlap in the timeline, which we don't know, right. I can see somebody wise saying to Gungi, like, do, do you see the way Chewie is, is making sacrifices to protect this idiot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> As a Jedi, you've made the choice to see the yeah. entire galaxy is this bumbling human fool. Help them when they're needed. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. I like yeah. this. Yeah. You have life debt to the galaxy. So it's a great way to start. <laughs> uh, more for our Gungi children's book. Uh, do you think Chewbacca knows about Gungi? Is he always talking to people about Gungi, but no one is listening? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would. In the past, I might have said nah, but I, I think my answer is yes, simply because I love there's a lot of fun areas to kind of poke Star Wars in a fun teasing way. Unfortunately, people use those as, as uh, thinking they're insightful criticisms of the, of the franchise, but there's just these fun little wrinkles. And, and one of them for me is Han's over there going Jedi force. What is this junk? And Chewie's in the corner going, Oh yeah, they were pretty cool. 
I fought with him. Uh, and he doesn't, you know, we can't, we never, we never hear those conversations. We never get to hear that. And so I love that Chewie's like, well, no, no, there's this guy I met, Gungi. Uh, I, I met him, uh, you know, before I actually was on Kessel. Like <laughs> I ran into him. He's cool. Yeah. And, and that, and that Chewie's kind of saying like, you see, you all overlook us, but Gungi's out there representing us in the Jedi or did at one point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're focusing on Gungi. Chewbacca could know about a Briaga as, as well, certainly. But we're, this is our Gungi episode. I'm sure we'll do a Briaga episode. But yeah, I really like the idea that there's lots of things that Chewbacca knows. And I think he tells Han. <laughs> I think yeah. Han's just not the greatest listener. And I really love the idea that, you know, you and I have some headcanon for specific things that that Chewie's roaring, right? There was like, yeah. where he's like, come on, Han. Um but I love the idea. Every time Han's like the force, I've never seen any evidence of it. And, and Chewbacca's like, I've told you about Gungi 800 times. 800 times. You listening, man? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Every time the force brings up, I think it's, I love that joke in the Simpsons where Homer Simpson can't stop, stop talking about the blue man group. I, I believe that's what Chewbacca's like about Gungi. <laughs> so, uh, Big important question. Uh, how do you feel about? I don't know if it's a fan theory, more than a more like a fan hope. How do you feel about the idea that it was Gungi who rescued Grogu from Order sixty six? Mm, I don't want that. I don't know why though. I can't qualify that answer. I don't know why. Uh, I there's a lot of uh, you know, uh, Barris is is an option too, right? I think mm-hmm. that that theory out there. I. I get it. It's a good. It's a good answer. Uh, talking about two uh, more of the the rare beans as Jedi, and mm-hmm. and they're in that um, Gungi, his strength, his his just natural powers as a Wookiee against uh, advancing clone clone troopers would be probably an epic battle. I'd love to see. I, I so I don't know why. I'm searching my heart. I don't know why I'm against it. I mean, I'm gonna, gonna be open to it. Um, I know they're you know. I think Filoni's a he's a fan of Gungi clearly. Um, so I could see that, but he's also a, a fan of a lot of other characters too. So, um, you know, end of the day, it just might be Ahsoka sneaking the, the back door of the temple and, and doing it. Um, yeah, I'm open yeah. to it, but I, I don't want it. I don't know why I'm asking myself, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it could be a character we, we never met. I love, I love connections in Star Wars, but I don't need them unless they're important to the story. Maybe it will be revealed in Bad Batch season two, exactly how Gungi, uh, survived Order 66. And the important thing to me is that, you know, it's a meaningful story for Gungi or it's meaningful to Grogu's story yeah. who, who got him out. Um, I think that's what I, I feel about it. I love the characters. I love their kind of connection is, yeah, the rarer, more, maybe more on the outside uh, uh, of, you know, not as regular, uh, you know, species to, to be involved in the Jedi Order, which is, you know, great and fascinating as we've talked about. I think it's also just that they're two characters that fans love. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like romantic shipping. It's like this other kind of putting them together. Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, of wanting, wanting these two great characters to have survived together i also this is one of those times where ken i had to just take a moment and step back and like we get to a function where we uh, talk to lots of other people who love star wars and know a lot about it can you imagine saying to a human who doesn't really know much about star wars like yeah i know i've seen those movies i like that darth vader imagine saying to somebody like that do you think gungi rescued grogu from order 66 (laughs) (laughs) and imagining what the hell they might think you're talking about Exactly. Wait, Gunji and Grogai? What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you? T- yeah, is this Pokemon stuff? What are you talking about? Uh, anyway, 
we always like to wrap it up by making it personal, bringing the Star Wars into our life. So, uh, Ken, Gungi made his lightsaber hilt out of uh, wood uh, relating to his home planet. If you had to use some unique material important to you and in your home, uh, how would you build your lightsaber? Uh, a lot of people who maybe follow me along on some things might say, well, Lego, right? And uh, <laughs> build a lightsaber out of, out of Lego. Uh, but here's one that's a little bit more honest. Um, uh, frozen burritos. Uh, at a, <laughs> it would have the technical stuff on the inside. And then you would wrap it in tortillas, somehow spray on some kind of preservative and then tie it down uh, and then have a burrito saber. A burrito saber. It's more, it's more true to my life. I had one today and I'm going to have one for dinner. So, so <laughs> uh, the future planning happening right here, folks. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, I want to, I want a bottle opener. Uh, <laughs> I want to be able to use my lightsaber to stand for peace and justice and to help people who need help. And then I also want to know, Hey, if, if nobody else remembered to, to bring a bottle opener, I want to be able to um, pop open <laughs> people's yep. drinks. Yep. That's uh, needed. Needed. Yes, I just want to help. Uh, here's my final question. If Gungi was real, how would you show him a good time in Los Angeles? <laughs> Look, I, again, you, you start to, you got to be careful of, of, uh, of uh, your biases here. You really do. Because my initial reaction is, well, there's some great spots to hike in Griffith Park. And Gungi <laughs> might be like, I've, yeah, I get it. I spent my whole youth hiking. Uh, let's go to the city. I want to go to the comedy store patio and drink, man. Like, so I'd have to... <laughs> Because it's like I grew up again. I could see the beach from my house. I'm not a beach person, right? Because it was there the whole time. Uh, I'd rather uh, go into the wilderness up to the, not hike, go to a cabin in the woods. Uh, so I got to be careful. Gotta, the Guggy's got to teach me a lot. But yes, that's, uh, I'd ask him, but I'd have both options. We can go, look, you want to go downtown or you want to go to the Sunset Strip? We can do that. Or I can take you to some beautiful chain restaurants in Burbank. He might like that. Gungi at Wood Ranch. Burbank. There you go. That's a winner. Yeah, no, I love this. Uh, my wife and I like going to this uh, series that happens in the summer called The Last Remaining Seats, where they show old movies in these great old uh, vaudeville and early movie theater palaces in downtown Los Angeles. Maybe maybe Gungi wants that. Maybe he's like, yeah, let me climb there. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I'll climb maybe. that old movie theater. Uh, but yeah. my my main answer is, uh, I know the way that you entertain a lot of people who come to Los Angeles, uh, I'd take them to Smokehouse. Uh, oh, Look, uh, I love that steak Sinatra dish, and I think Gungi would, too. That's the bottom oh, line. Would. Oh, he would love that garlic cheese toast. Oh, my, yeah, he would just devour it. It would be great. Great. Talk about miles on faces. <laughs> well, we're going to rate the wild and weird and wondrous factor of Gungi. Our rating is based on one of the original Star Wars weirdos, Lobot. So out of 10 Lobot heads, one being the least, 10 being the most, how many Lobot heads do you give Gungi? This is so difficult because I actually almost want to make a like a protest vote of one being like he's not he's not weird. Nothing weird about this at all. But I also am someone who wants to celebrate uniqueness and celebrate what it means, celebrate barrier breakers. So therefore, he's almost in terms of the Jedi Order, he might be a 10, but I'm going to settle somewhere nice in the warm middle to like a 6.5. That is solid. I had the same uh, wrestle wrestling match that you just did, but I kind of went with like, okay, where does where does all this start out with? It starts with Chewbacca, and it starts with this idea of let's give this uh, roguish cool guy this this kind of co pilot that, that's based on this fantasy of what if your buddy, what if your dog was totally sentient and could talk to you and tell you when you're screwing up in life. 
Mm-hmm. So to go all the way from that to, uh, no, he's deeply connected with the force. He has a lightsaber. Uh, his name is Gungi. We love him. Like it's, it's just so beautifully bonkers, the evolution of it all. I'm going nine out of 10. I love it. I think there's almost no wrong answer. Zero could have worked. Cause like, nope, be damned. He's not weird, but I think <laughs> you got to celebrate that. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been a great conversation about Gungi. We try to keep these episodes to around 30 minutes. We broke it a little bit for Gungi because that's how much we love him. Can't wait to see him back on our screens. Uh, you can find links to all things Force Center on our Twitter at Force Center Pod. Ken, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me at Catnapsucker, catnapsuck.com. Got a lot of cool new things going for 2023, including my show, The Blathering on the Napsuck Network podcast feed. And you can find me on all the social media is at Joseph Scrimshaw and check out my YouTube channel. Search for Joseph Scrimshaw there. But for now, those are feelings. Those, that's, that's, that's those are feelings on <laughs> Gungi. However, you choose to say this wonderful Wookiee's name. This has been Databank Dive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.